Welcome back to Equal Time Soccer. A little bit of a brunch edition, breakfast edition for the for Emily Benell's time. Emily is here. We are welcoming a Cottage Grove native, current Seattle University Red Hawk, and somebody who basically played across the entirety of the Louisiana Purchase territory. <laughs> Emily Benell, thanks for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me. Yeah. So, and uh, like I said, with the time difference, Emily's catching us at 9 a.m. Seattle time. So appreciate that. Um, you're, Seattle's in a run of form. You guys are unbeaten in the last seven, six wins, a lot of goals in those games too. So what um, what has clicked with this team at the right time to get you guys in a good place for postseason play? Yeah, you know, I think um, our preseason schedule uh, we had some challenging teams. We had definitely some disappointing results in preseason. Um, but I think there was kind of just like this vibe on the team that, you know, we weren't like totally out of these games. Like things are starting to come together. Uh, we have a couple young kids up top that we kind of had to integrate into kind of our system and mm -hmm. just college soccer in general, the speed of play. Um, mm -hmm. So I think kind of we hit our stride right into – uh, season, which was, you know, a really good way to uh, kind of get into the conference play. Yeah. Well, and so you have a chance to get the number one seed, although you'll be hosting it um, either way. But what in, in that stretch or like this year, which win meant the most? Maybe it was like when you turned the corner and got on the streak or you had some big, a lot of goals in a couple of the games. Which win meant the most to you? Um, I think that... Boy, the F, the Stephen F. Austin win, I think, was definitely like a huge um, confidence boost. I also also think the the UVU, uh, I think we uh, beat zero. That was a huge um, kind of boost into uh, you know kind of finishing the run. I do remember Stephen F. Austin uh, kind of being like the game where it's like we're scoring lots and lots of goals mm -hmm. um so that one was just really fun i think built a lot of confidence in a lot of different players um, mm -hmm. up top. i think we had five different goal scorers in that game mm -hmm. um which is not something you typically see uh in a college team right yeah no good to have the balance and the chemistry going at the right time because it is you know winning six straight in the beginning of the year doesn't mean anything if you, you know, are in the tournament and don't have, have the, all the Pistons firing. So like I said, yeah, Utah Valley is in first, you beat them this year, you beat them three zero, but then um, you have the chance, how much, how much of the team's focus is on still trying to get the number one seed for the sake of being, you know, regular season conference champs and how much is it kind of trickling into thinking about the tournament? Cause you know, you know, you have the whack tournament coming up. Yeah, you know, I think for us, the winning the regular season conference is definitely important. We're all competitive. We all want to win that. However, I think our mindset very much is, you know, let's get the buy. The buy is really, mm -hmm. really important to have um, going right. into the being able to be a little bit fresher for that first game of the tournament. Um, and then really, uh, it's winning the conference tournament. That's, that's going to be our ticket into the NCAA. So I think we're really gearing up to be focused on the tournament and then making those next steps into the NCAA. Yeah. Well, and it's, it must be exciting for you 
in your three-year journey there, you've, I mean, started all your games over 50, by the way. So it's been, you've had a good stretch at Seattle, but you had the first year there, you guys were, you had a winning record, like very successful. Last year was a bit more of a struggle. So I do wonder like that for you and for the team, how, you know, it, it's your last chance to get a run into the tournament like this and how much has it meant, you know, for the team to get back on top in the way that, you know, you expect to, because it's a pretty winning program. Yeah, yeah, definitely. After last year, um, I think the team, like every individual kind of took a look back and was like, okay, like, where did this kind of, where did the wheels start to fall off? Um, mm -hmm. and so I, I think over the spring, um, we definitely had like a couple gut checks with uh, games and like our spring exhibition. And then, mm -hmm. um, you know, I think, I think it's 11 seniors uh, we're celebrating. Wow. Uh, Saturday, yeah. So it's wow. a very team, and um, I would say all of them want to be able to like leave this program on a high note, right? Um, especially you know for our coaching staff and to just kind of set an example uh, for the under underclassmen. Mm -hmm. For you, um, I mentioned that you've started all played over fifty games, which is no small feat, even if you were only you know at one school for four years. You've had a journey to get there. Um, how much does that mean to you to have that stability? Because obviously the whole point of transferring, uh, for those who don't know, Emily, you know, started at, at Baylor, stopped at Minnesota, and now have your really solid stretch at Seattle. So you, when you're trying to transfer, you're find, trying to find a fit, you know, where you can excel and show yourself and grow in the game. So just what has it meant to you to be there? Are you still there? Sorry. Yeah, you're good. What has it meant to you to be there and find that, you know, where you'd start? over 50 games, you know, for Seattle? Um, well, it's a really cool stat. I actually had no idea uh, that <laughs> I was at over 50 starts. Mm -hmm. um, I think for me, it's, it's been like uh, calming. You know, mm -hmm. I'm not in this limbo of questioning kind of where I'm at on the team. I have a pretty established role on the team. Um, and I think that's just, you know, through three seasons, I've been able to build a lot more confidence Right. Um, and just, you know, get the, it's kind of just that first season was just kind of getting the ball started. And then, um, I've definitely seen a lot of individual growth, uh, in the next two years, uh, that I've been really, really excited about, um, especially as I have aspirations, uh, after college continue to play. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Talk about that. Cause it's, you're it's something that players have dealt with well, the opportunity with COVID of an extra year kind of allows you to, I mean, you're these super seniors where um, you're really trying to take a step up and make the most of your extra opportunity. And then, so I'm curious for you, yeah, saying you, you're looking to go forward playing, uh, talk about that and just your, your hopes for that in terms of trying to be professional, I'm assuming it sounds like. Yeah, yeah, I definitely have aspirations to go pro. Um... You know, I've, I've watched uh, Annie Williams, her journey to go into pro and uh, mm -hmm. definitely wanting to follow kind of in her footsteps, you know, obviously another Cottage mm -hmm. Grove native, which mm -hmm. is really cool. Um, I think just, you know, taking my extra two years, really my medical redshirt right. year um, and then my COVID year to just really take those final steps in developing um, and prepare myself uh, for those uh, opportunities that hopefully I will get a chance to play uh, probably somewhere overseas. Yeah. Yeah. It's exciting. That's it's something um, Matt, my brother does more of 
covering on here and it's really always so fascinating to me to get to hear the stories of people getting to um just get to go experience different things because they get to live in you know a lot different places so um tell me about something i mean speaking of professional you already are in some ways we like we like to talk about name image and likeness and so it appears like from your social you have some of that going on tell me about uh your sponsorships and kind of what those opportunities have done uh for you yeah for sure so uh my first uh nil deal was with an energy drink called all in it's pacific northwest based mm -hmm. um it was it was really cool opportunity that you know i got to kind of uh promote their product on my social media in exchange um for their product and some other stuff mm -hmm. uh it was really cool it just like having um you know a brand like want me to uh, promote their stuff on social media, um, right. which kind of uh, snowballed into my next brand deal, which was Webby Agility, which is um, right. a really cool agility. Uh, it's almost like a ladder, but it's in a shape uh -huh. of a I believe it was a former UFC fighter mm -hmm. uh, created this. Uh, it's a pretty small company still. Mm -hmm. I've been able to use that. And then kind of under this umbrella, Big Ma's Sport and Fitness, he's He's my guy out here. He does all of my fitness, my speed and agility training off season. Mm -hmm. um, so he's been really helpful in not only my development, but also my networking ability to get uh, brand deals with All In and with Webby Agility. Yeah. No, I mean, we, um, when the rules changed and we actually saw things happen last year obviously the most money is going to women's basketball men's football men's basketball so we always like to highlight it because it is it's a cool thing and also it's it's you know it will never probably be for women's soccer million dollar deals like Paige uh <laughs> what's her brookers for minnesota but it'll be but it's a cool way to um kind of lead you into after college life too because these are things you can continue to do and work with um how did like the in the first instance i'm wondering how it actually occurred did they just like dm you did you just reach out to them saying hey i like your stuff if i'll <laughs> do you want to give me some free drinks for a post like literally how did you get that going so that future players can uh can learn from you yeah so actually it was a it was pretty unique um i had met the the co-founders um of all in energy drink through big moz they had done some promotional stuff with big moz some co collaboration and so it was actually uh my trainer moz um mm -hmm. kind of led me in and kind of helped facilitate that first meeting and then you know kind of just took off from there so it was definitely facilitated cool. through uh my strength and agility guy that's cool that's exciting yeah and it, and i mean especially uh, like it starts with small things like, and we would ask players kind of like, where would you want to get one? And they're like, hi, huh, I didn't even thought about it. So yeah, we had, uh, well, and we had in the summer, Sarah Fuller was playing for Minnesota Aurora. So we got, she's in a whole other, you know, we had to go through an agent to speak to Sarah about her NIL deal. So, um, I want to take a break. Speaking of 
sponsorship i need to do a quick ad read for our sponsor pence homes this show is brought to you by pence homes whether you're buying or selling or if looking to do some projects in your current home nate and lydia can help you find what you need need financing for a basement remodel looking to add a second bath or even a work workspace now that you're working from home pence homes and their preferred lender angie shearer with luminant financing can help find the right financing tool for you go to pencehomes.com or learn more to uh on social media at Pence Homes. Um, all right, let's talk a little bit, a little bit about Seattle. So I went back and watched, and look, I was not, uh, I wasn't as thorough as I should have been. I didn't even check to see that. Of course, my brother had interviewed you briefly. It was at peak COVID. It was. I re-listened to it, so I went, we wouldn't be redundant. But it was like May 2020, so it was like I was like, it brought me back just to think, what was I thinking back then? Um, but you had to move during it. You had to move to, during to Seattle. So I'm curious, you know, how you were able to get impressions uh, of the city and kind of what do you remember from that, you know, when you first got there during that time? Yeah, so my dad and I actually road tripped it out there. Okay. Uh, it's a road trip we, have, we had done before previously because uh, I, I actually spent the summer of 2019 with the host family out in Seattle. Playing summer league or what? Yep, playing summer league. Who are you playing with out there? Uh, the Seattle Stars, which actually Chris Wells, my now assistant coach, uh, he was the head coach of that summer. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, so I had already a little bit of a feel for the city um, mm -hmm. in 2019, uh, pre-COVID. Mm -hmm. uh, and I moved out here. So the campus is right in Capitol Hill, right in downtown okay. Seattle. Um, it was super weird to not see like anyone outside. Uh-huh. It was right. very it was very calm. Um, you didn't you could tell you're in a city, but it didn't really feel like you're in a city. Right. Especially um, for Seattle, that is so dense, like down there it normally would be. Yeah. Yeah. And so I got very used to the city um as it was like not <laughs> right. Um, and, you know, we had quite quite a few girls still living on campus, whether it was in the apartments or there's a soccer house um, mm -hmm. right next to our turf field. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we really got to bond uh, with each other. And I really got to kind yeah. of be feel more part of the team when it was kind of just us girls there, which was really cool. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as the city started to pick up, I was very confused when they're like, Everyone had talked about Seattle traffic, and I was like, "There's no traffic." Uh -huh. And now, now I've experienced, and I was like, "Okay, yeah, there's the Seattle traffic." Um, my running routes yeah. that I used to go through uh, during COVID have suddenly like are super. Right. Yeah, I've had to find like new running routes. It's just like those little things where I'm like, "Oh, <laughs> like, this is what the city actually." Uh, yeah, <laughs> I would be that I've been told. About. It was yeah. It, there is there are those those little things. Uh, slivers of uh positives during COVID. i remember that it, when no one was on the street and we joked about this earlier because we both have longboards but it's like during COVID, when people were actually locked down i was just longboarding down main street duluth no one was anywhere it was amazing yeah yeah <laughs> you could have been, yeah and then people come back and then you get the sights and smells of downtown seattle i'm sure yeah so um What's your favorite thing about Seattle aside from the soccer community and like your friends you've built through that? Uh, besides the soccer community, um, I do love really being close to the water. So we have yeah. um, 
Pike's place is yeah. uh, three quarters of a mile down the oh. road. And then a uh, mile and a half the other way, you have Lake Washington. So just a lot of uh, mm-hmm. area to just hang out by the water, um, which has always been something I've loved. So definitely, mm-hmm. definitely been a Pikes Place. I like going and walking around there. That sounds like a great, yeah, I would love to have that as like the oh, being that close to walk around. Is there a, for locals, is there, what's the smart way to go there? Because otherwise it can be packed and like touristy, but like, so when is it, you know, weekdays early? Like, when do you go to Pike's Place to avoid it? Yeah, I mean, typically <coughs> it's a little bit harder for uh, me with like my schedule to, you know, pick out the exact perfect time. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I would have to say like just being able being in uh, walking distance instead of having to drive through all like the traffic and try to oh, find yeah. so the walking there is very very nice. Yeah, one of, so I, yeah I could imagine. I mean, look, a lot of colleges are in smaller towns or they're just small cities. So you know, like the U of M is unique being in Minneapolis, Seattle somewhat unique, like being in a huge city and right downtown like that. That's really cool. Um, one maybe downside i don't you tell me i would guess could be travel in the WAC, the western athletic conference features a lot of trips to texas from seattle which i don't know what those flights are like i guess uh talk to us about the travel challenges uh because you don't really have anyone close right you have to fly everywhere yeah so we don't bus anywhere we fly everywhere um yeah we do have a little bit of a brutal uh travel you know, particularly with Texas, because everything in Texas is so spread out. You know, it's right. a it's a roughly four hour flight to Texas. So we go, we Ugh. get into DFW, then it's two hours to get to Tarleton, and then from Tarleton it's another two hours to get to ACU, um, and then two right. hours back to the airport to like fly home. So those travel trips, right. um, they are long. Uh, so you know, just finding ways to either just pass the time and try to not get too stiff have always, those are always uh, interesting to try those. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden you get one delay and your, and your connection and everything is, it blows up. Yeah. It's kind of like, yeah. Listening to the like players in NWSL, how they, how they end up flying sometimes. Yeah. So yeah, I, I imagine that would be, that would be interesting. And cause it's also the schools in Texas, like, it's not like, it's like, oh, we're flying and playing in Dallas or in Houston. It's like, they're out there. Some of them are out there a little bit. So yeah, for sure. And, and Utah, I don't know what flying to Utah, I, I don't know what the flying schedules are to Utah, but you had a lot of Utah teams. Yeah, we actually, we traveled to Utah, I believe, twice maybe it was just one trip last year this year we didn't have to go to utah at all mm. which is very nice they uh they came both uvu and utah tech and southern utah well we're all mm-hmm. home games here so. utah has got to have the most d1 teams per capita it's a crazy it's a crazy place <laughs> probably yeah it's a crazy place then there are there are a handful of minnesotans playing their trade over there but yeah it's interesting um Speaking of Seattle too, I mean, one of the reasons I know you went there is the master's program that you're able that you, I think maybe now you've finished, we talked about right before the program, but you went for nonprofit management. Um, And so, yeah, you were able to already secure a master's. I mean, parents, round of applause. Emily's already got her master's locked in. She's still playing. But talk about that program and what, you know, you hope to do with that later in life, whether you're, you know, a pro for a couple of years or not. Yeah, so. Definitely with uh, my degree, it was 
it was great to be able to finish. Uh, it's a two-year program. Um, definitely, like, learning through, like, the nonprofit, um, just some of those, like, leadership skills and working within a company, within a business. Uh, we also did a lot of, like, diversity and equity work. Uh, I've kind of started to shift towards I, I want to be I want to start pursuing coaching after I'm done playing. So I think a lot of those like understanding how to manage people, um, especially with like the diversity, the equity piece in it. And now um, kind of adding in like how COVID has affected people. Uh, yeah, it's going to be like very useful in my transition into uh, coaching. Yeah, well, it's a cool thing to be thinking of coaching through the lens of having those values as like the principle and like in terms of it, thinking of it in the base level, like nonprofit management as you're, you know, you wanting to serve, you know, and it's not, it's maybe about selflessness. And so that's a cool, that's a cool way to go about it. Yeah. Um, I want to ask about a, a couple of things from uh, more youth and high school level. I got to ask, so you played at the Thunder Academy. Obviously yep. we talked to a lot of people who played for the Thunder. I want to see in the buyout list, you won the North American Cup in the ECNL, which would the premier uh, academy league. Talk about that. That's, that sounds impressive to me. Oh, gosh. That was so long ago. Yeah. Um, it's twenty. Maybe it was 2016. I don't remember. Ever, 2015. Yeah, it was some. It was 2015 or 2016. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was with my club team. Like, do you um, remember who you played or where, like where it was? Yeah. I do remember who we played. We played the Wisconsin Eclipse team because uh, the goalie at the time ended up being my roommate at Baylor. So I do remember winning and um, scoring a PK. That one is highlighted in my head for sure. That okay. was um, to be able to score on her and you know, got to tease her a little bit. <laughs> you know, roommates at Baylor for sure. <laughs> Yeah, I saw, well, in high school, too, I mean, you're a bit more of, like, a midfield uh, general, maybe, these days. I don't know how you describe your play, but you did. You had some goals. You were racking up some points in high school, too, um, making All-State. I'm wondering, so you mentioned that uh, memory with Thunder, but what, is, what are your favorite memories when you think back to high school and club uh, days in terms of, like, you know, maybe it's the goal you scored or if it's just the biggest wins? What yeah. comes to mind? So my dad was on the coaching staff at Eastridge when I was there. Oh. So playing playing um under like my dad and then um having Mark Abood at the time. Um both really great coaches. I really appreciate my time at high school. Mm -hmm. Uh however, having my dad as a coach, I kinda got um some different perspective into like yeah. the not the team, but like playing in uh i got a little bit i think more honest feedback than maybe a, another coach yeah. could my dad yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> he definitely took the approach of high school as wanting me to work on my attacking mm -hmm. side of the game um i've always been a pretty true defender and mm -hmm. he really wanted me to stretch and try and uh get some of that more attacking to be a more like well-rounded player which mm -hmm. I look back on now and I appreciate for sure. Um, yeah. Also, for some fun goals, I think uh, there's a goal against Park that was really exciting because, you know, Park, I was supposed to be a Park kid and then, mm -hmm. you know, each bridge was built. Uh, so that was always, that was a fun game uh, for me mm -hmm. to play. And then I believe it was my senior year, we were playing Stillwater and I scored a couple goals against Stillwater to, uh, 
I think it was maybe our first trip to the state tournament or our second trip to the state tournament. Um, mm-hmm. That was really fun to uh, score. It, it was just always kind of fun to be in more of the attacks. I wasn't ever used to it. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Well, it's so, I, yeah. First of all, can't imagine uh, being coached by my dad. He, he had been a math teacher. And so I was like, I think of doing my math homework in front of him. I was like, screw this, man. No, but sounds like then in the retrospect, you can appreciate the the dynamic. How was that? So you played for your dad for a couple of years. Yes, I did. So I played high school sophomore through senior year. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Is he still, is your dad still coaching? Yeah, he's actually, uh, after I left, he took over as a uh, head coach at Eastridge. So right yeah. All right. They're probably, in, well, keep an eye out for the playoffs. I'm <laughs> sure they're, they're probably in the midst. I don't know where high school soccer is right now, but yeah. <laughs> um, so because you are someone uniquely who's gone through, you know, being at three different schools, three pretty big programs, I, w- I did want to ask you, I'm going to ask you to do some comparisons, not about like who's better, but I want to ask you also just because transferring has changed. I mean, now drastically from when you were, I mean, it's a, a full 180 in terms of how easy it is and then and the rate of how it's happened. So I'm just curious for you with your perspective, someone who went through it when you had to sit out, you know, and then dealing with it when the portal was not so well established, just how have you seen it change and, you know, what for the better, for the worse. And um, yeah, I'm curious your perspective. Yeah. So I went into the portal. I, I remember like, sitting on the phone with my dad like wanting to transfer uh and having i had to wait until the transfer portal opened up Uh, a lot of girls on my team now a lot of the underclassmen are like like there was not a portal at one point and i was like yeah no i had to wait for the portal to be opened that that was going to be an easier route um through the transferring process i think the portal is great i fully support um you know kind of having that transparency and mm-hmm. being able to uh kind of take out the coach's role in the yeah. transfer particularly for those that um maybe didn't have a great experience uh right. with their i think it's uh really good for them to be a little bit more on their own and be to, being able to take control of their own journey and mm-hmm. their next steps mm-hmm. yeah absolutely i mean it's a uh coaches can leave whenever they want to right so it's it's you know i think that in the i think that it's evolving in a positive way even though there's a bit of a wild west aspect when they change those rules but i think it's evolving in a positive way and um it goes along with what we talked about with you know name image and likeness is players getting compensated for the work they're doing i mean like so the program is a lot about the coaches obviously and it's about the school but i mean the players make up uh, the program too so it's yeah I think that's great to hear and it's cool to see um player and it's I mean you're making a commitment for college when you're 15 years old as well so if all of us did that we would be transferring <laughs> you know many of us have transferred definitely made my decision on college is probably too young however that was kind of just the norm at the time yeah and now you know there's more rules in place where I believe you can't verbally commit until junior year of high school yeah. I think um, which again, I think that's just safeguarding, uh, yeah. a lot of younger players for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Very difficult to know what you want out of college when you're that young. Yeah. So just, I want to get quick hits just about, you know, when you think back at 
the other schools by now. It probably feels like years and years ago because it is now. Baylor yeah. is like a long time ago. But um, what is your favorite thing you remember when you were at Texas at, at, ba- at Baylor, you know, aside from anything with soccer? Like, what was your favorite thing about being? Because I look, I've never lived in Texas. I and <laughs> I never gone to Baylor either. And Baylor's kind of a specific culture as well, I think. So I'm just wondering what your favorite thing living there was. Yeah, I would say there's definitely two things that I really did like about Baylor. One, the winters were very <laughs> nice. They're very warm. Yeah, temperate. Yeah. I, so I'm not a, I'm not a fan of like the snow or uh-huh. anything. So definitely the winters there were nice. And I do miss the food. They had yeah. very good food. Uh both yeah. on campus and off campus. I do miss like the local coffee shops. Yeah, yeah. Well, and you, I mean, Texas, you had had really good Mexican food, good barbecue, you know, lots, lots yeah. of good stuff to have. Yeah. yeah. Who was the most either now you can take this either way, like the most talented player you played with at Baylor or maybe someone who it, it, it just is unheralded, like or not, you know, that you saw that was like, wow, they were, you know, really hard to play against, but they don't get any shine for it. Yeah, I'd say Definitely the most talented uh, was our attacking mid, Alini, uh, who ended up being, uh, I believe, in and out of the Brazilian national team roster. Mm. Uh, I haven't caught up with her in a minute, so I'm not Mm -hmm. sure where she is on her soccer journey right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, She was by far probably the most talented player I have ever played with. Mm Yeah. Nice. Nice. Yeah, do a quick Google on and see. Yeah, maybe meet up. Maybe you can play with her again uh, somewhere. <laughs> what uh, when you were at the U? What was your favorite thing uh, being there in Minneapolis or wherever you lived? Aside from the the soccer aspect, I mean, being home is a simple part of it. Yeah, um, my brother was going to the University of Minnesota at the time, so being so close to him, that was like by far my favorite part. That was actually a huge reason why I went. Is yeah to be closer to my brother because we're pretty close yeah 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 it's a bit i mean it's it's a way it's a ways away to be a baylor coming out of high school like i'm sure it felt yeah felt far away what who is the most talented player at the u or most like under 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 uh rated when you were there um i would have to say i mean i think the most talented was katie duong sure yeah, the Port Portland native, and now she's at Stanford. I think she's doing pretty well at Stanford. Yeah, it, I always, I always loved playing with Athena, and that's yeah. probably I had a really good uh, off-field relationship with her. Athena Kuhn. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and now she's, you know, doing her thing over in Spain. So. Yeah. 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 Very cool. Yeah. What, um, who did, and this could be, I mean, it's, it'd be interesting, I guess, for you overall, cause you, I, I joked about the Louisiana purchase territory, but I mean, you really cover, uh, across the different conferences, you've played a lot of different types of teams. I'm just curious, like you're from Minnesota, maybe it's Wisconsin, but who'd you want to beat the most? I'm curious of like, who still rings in your head when you're like, yeah, I was at Baylor six years ago, but I hate, you know, TCU still or something, you know, like, what teams do you still have the most bitterness or what drive to beat? I think probably, um, boy, that's a good question. There's always, I would have to say probably when I was at Baylor, it was a TCU game. Yeah. Um, I just remember, you know, 
some of the surrounding things that were going on, you know, in the environment of being at TCU that were just, you know, really just egg you as like a player that were just so annoying. Um, uh -huh. <laughs> TCU was definitely always a game that I got up for. Uh, mm -hmm. The other one is probably while being here, I always kind of get up for the Utah Valley game. I think that's yeah. always really like good game and yeah. Just by nature, like they're usually at the top with you all in terms of like just competing for the for the top of the conference. Yeah, yeah. I think there's always, uh, you know, uh, going to be a rivalry between the best teams in the conference. And yeah. I think pretty consistently over the past couple of years has been Utah Valley and uh, Grand Canyon. So mm -hmm. nice. What? So in terms of that too, like uh, tough away games. I'm curious for you. Um, across all the different teams, like what are the best away trips in terms of like the stadium, like the nice, either the nicest stadium, the most fans, like the, uh, you know, the most intimidating, what were the best away trips in terms of the soccer? Um, I would have to say Portland has a really, right. I always liked playing at Portland. Mm -hmm. Um, other I really the Kansas I remember I think it was having a pretty nice mm -hmm. uh, facility I mean Baylor has a great stadium as well I should say I mean you play right like a nice stadium specific for you all like that must have been a cool place to play yeah yeah I would say you know uh the field at Baylor was always uh nice to play on um I think just always a home field I always have just loved mm -hmm. being at home yeah. Well, it looks like in Seattle, you're hosting the tournament. It looks like you have, it's a little stadium, but it, I, it's cool. Like I like the little uh, stand on the side of it. Like what's it like to play there? I see from views too, you can get like a real pretty good, like cityscape kind of background by where you are. Yeah. Yeah. So you definitely, you can kind of see like the city skyline in the background. It's, it's small. It's pretty like an intimate field. Um, it's all kind of fenced in and it's it's mm -hmm. right in the city it's i mean you you can't really tell when you're in the stadium but you walk out of the stadium and you're you know back in the city so yeah kind of like this unique environment to have a stadium just right in the middle of the city yeah the ball ever pop out in a car like a 90s kids movie style <laughs> mighty ducks style <laughs> talk about the best away trips for non-soccer because it is like in terms of scale like compared to someone who just played at one college you've done so many different types of away trips and i'm curious like what you know whether it's the city or you know whatever about it but what are the best away trips non-soccer wise you've had hawaii for sure we went you got to go to hawaii yeah always yeah hawaii was really fun we stayed right on uh waikiki so wow yeah yeah that's, that's about as good as it gets yes i yeah. was like uh I think South Dakota State went there last year for non-conference games. Then, like, this spring, NDSU went to England, you know, got to go to games and stuff. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. Have you got to do an international trip? I know teams, like, rotate, and but you, yeah. you transferred, so. In all my years, I never, never got to. That system failed you because, yeah. I the international trip. Uh, that's, that's a bummer. A I'm going on my own international. Yeah, you're gonna go. Well, you'll go get sign a contract and a team on your own journey. Yeah, but the, yeah, the, that yeah. So teams, I learned that from talking to like the NDSU players. Like teams do it every four years, so if someone can at least do it once. They did that for choir when I was in choir, Emily. So I relate. <laughs> but so it's but if you transfer, then you know you miss it. Yeah. So that's that's funny. But yeah, that's look motivation for you to get tryouts and and find your yeah. own international trip who is your i gotta ask you about 
the one team I saw in your social feed is Man City. Is this your favorite team? Talk to us yeah. about Man City. Yeah, Man City is definitely uh, the team that I follow in English Premier League, which is great now that they have Holland up there um, scoring a lot of goals. They're they're really fun to watch this year. So what made them? What gate? What brought you to City originally? Oh my gosh. Okay, so this is actually uh, it's a really funny story um, with my brother. So when we were younger, uh, my parents didn't really watch a whole lot of soccer. It was kind of up to me, and my brother. Um, mm-hmm. And when we were younger, uh, Balotelli used to play for Manchester City. And, you know, when he lit up, you know, fireworks in his bathroom or he was doing all these, like, Uh, you know, as a little kid, you're like, oh, he's cool. Like, let's cheer for his (laughs) And I'm pretty sure the last English Premier League team he played for was Manchester City. And so we just stayed City fans. So it's kind of a funny story. Um, But, yeah, (laughs) it's just it hasn't changed now. I okay, so look, Manchester City would not be the team I would pick to be a fan. I don't have a specific uh Premier League team, but that is the best reason I've ever heard for someone to be a city fan. And that is so full respect because Balotelli's hilarious. He's still playing somewhere. He was playing like Syria or Turkey. He's he's still kicking, having fun yeah, somewhere. He's somewhere around. Personality. Personality. <laughs> Who's your favorite soccer player? Oh, of all time? Michelle Akers, probably. Yeah, oh nice. <laughs> or Ronaldinho yeah yeah Akers is perfect if you're consider yourself kind of that midfield uh general she's the I mean the goat I I listened to a a podcast of hers with I might have been Grant Wall or someone where she was selling all of her memorabilia to fund mm-hmm. she has a non-profit like ranch she runs for animals and she was selling all her U.S. stuff and people were like how are you doing this whatever she's like I still did it like I don't need the medals like I she's like I don't need the thing like I like I'm good. Like, and she's like, I'm not regretting it. Like I, and it was, she's just, yeah. I was like, wow. Lead, lead into battle, Michelle Akers. That's great. Um, and so I want to shout out also lastly, before we, we end that the Seattle Redhawks are back in action last game of the regular season tomorrow, 1 PM central against Southern Utah with a shot at the Western athletic conference, regular season title that's on ESPN plus. How has that been? I don't know if you were on ESPN plus last year, there's been a huge boost this year. I don't know if that's been nice for your family, like that there's so many of your games on ESPN plus. Yeah. So I know for sure all of our conference games last season were also on ESPN plus. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's definitely awesome uh, for particularly my mom and my brother who they don't love traveling. Also, my grandma, um, it's, you know, hard for those three to travel. My dad, on the other hand, would like fly in and fly out the same day just to catch a game. Uh (laughs) Yes, there's a couple of games he watched on ESPN Plus, but he he likes to be here and like watching it. Yeah, he's going to come out for your it's your last conference tournament. I guess you're going to come out for that. So actually, uh. My brother had work, which stinks, but my mom, my dad, and my grandma are all here for uh, yesterday's game, tomorrow's game, and they're going to be out here for the whole week, the whole whack tournament. So they're 11 days. Soaking it up. That's cool. That's awesome that you get to see them. That's exciting. Well, it's still a chance for the regular season crown, but obviously the main goal is to get the NCAA. So wish you luck with that. I'm going to do one quick plug and say in terms of women's soccer world, the NWSL final is tomorrow, 7 PM central time. And it's selfish to me because I'm bartending at the queer soccer bar, the black heart 
and you can come watch it there. Let's watch the NWSL final. It's been fun. Crystal Dunn hit a banger after giving birth to a baby in May, I think. She hit the banger to win the, the Thorns game. Oh. So NWSL final should be fun. Awesome. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Emily, for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me.